My name is Tom. My name is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Hi, Big Will and Tom. I'm Justin. Oh, how you doing over there? Pretty okay. You got enough room? I'm fine. All right, because I brought some friends. I got Terrell and Corey from the band Thetis uh, in the house from the go. We're not ringing them up. We rang them up. What's up, guys? <laughs> how you What's doing? Up, what the hell is up, dude? Wow. 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 <laughs> There's wow. room yeah, on the segue for everybody. Hop on. Come on. <laughs> Go take it for a spin. Now, uh, uh, for voice clarification for the listeners, uh, Corey, how you doing, buddy? Um, okay. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> That's Corey, Corey uh, yeah. vocalist and now bass player of Thetis. We'll get into it. Uh, and Terrell, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing good, brother. I'm living. Living. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're all living tonight, man. Tomorrow morning might be another story, so let's get this interview <laughs> crank, cranking. Um, uh, no, it's good to have you. We've been trying to go back and forth and, and work this out for a little while, man, and, and everything. Terrell, I know you're working hard trying to help people um, uh, repair the power lines and so forth with your day job. It's been crazy since the hurricane. Listeners know that we kind of lost some time posting an episode. The guys were out of power, so... Isais. Uh, yeah, it yeah. was wild, but... Um, I love saying that still. What's that? Isais. Oh, the Dallas storm. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, uh, we, won't, we won't get into that. They man. should certain, all be named certain that. words. I just read. I don't need to say. They land on me hard. Yeah, yeah. like Thetis. Like, is that? Am I pronouncing it right? <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, actually, oh, yes. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? If we're gonna start from the beginning, let's start with the name <laughs> Thetis. Maybe you've gotten questions. Maybe you don't want to unlock the mystery, but I'm gonna go there. Uh, what uh-huh. is the name Thetis, and what is that uh, <laughs> reference? Are we telling them this? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Thetis is a completely made up word. Um, we, I thought the AE was cool. Um, <laughs> it is. It originally was uh, an acronym for something. And I, I'm not sure if we're going to really, uh, reveal that mystery, Corey. Yeah. Okay. We could guess. Is it, is it dirty? <laughs> me, and, me and Pat tell people it means the possibility that love is not enough, Twin Peaks reference, all that, but you know. <laughs> Okay, all right, Twin Peaks. Nice. I like that. Well, I mean, when when we go to your first demo, um, which was actually which was released on Seven Inch Vinyl by P2 Records shortly after it was released on Bandcamp in 2016, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your first demo. Um, I mean, the the the, the song title Thith, T H I T H. They're they're all well. They're all they all seem like either kind of um, maybe a little bit eccentric names or made up uh, words or something. Are they all kind of that pattern that comes from the name? It seems like there's a code to break. Okay, I think I could talk, touch on that a little bit. So uh, for our memory, we kind of remember songs by numbers, kind of in the order of creation, whether it be zero, one, two, or three. And with the demo, we were like, we don't have solid names for these things, real impressionable names. So we decided to use translations of the numbers. So THLTH is three, the VA is two, and the one I can't even pronounce, ISIX, whatever. It's, that's it's uh, sensei. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not even saying it right. Probably. I mean, my man even knows better than me. That's That was seven. So it was just literally numbers in other languages. I can't Started tell you which language they are. So <laughs> wow. Okay. So now. I check, but it was like a couple other languages got thrown in there, and it's like I don't have them mashed up in my head as it is. So. Okay. So you guys weren't <laughs> concerned with uh, clarity of, the, of, of, of a message. <laughs> It's more of a yeah. obscure, um, obscuring, uh, kind of like mis- mysterious, obscure thing, uh, which is cool. I respect it, man. And it reminds me in a way of Demolich. Um, okay. Not, you know, obviously you guys are doing it like a different thing. And you, and you talk about uh, almost like a mathematical language, a mathematical translation. Terrell, having known you personally, 
Full disclosure, <laughs> if people don't realize by now, Terrell's in Reeking Aura and Buckshot Facelift with me as well. Um, but 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 we're going to focus on, on Thetis, obviously, right now. Um, but having known you personally, you're a very well-educated person. It seems like math and science kind of come naturally to you. Or if they don't, that you work very hard on them. Does that factor <laughs> in any way to that part of the band? Um, you know, a little bit maybe into the writing, I guess. And it's not to the extent of being like Dillinger, mathy, mathcore, but... I always think of music and you know in numbers and sometimes that's not the best way to <laughs> translate that to drummers but um no i'm glad you you pointed that out but with the with the names i think we were just trying to be cryptic a little bit and with the demo we figured we could get away with it but we kind of ditched that approach for the uh you know for the full length but there where things were a little more serious okay um yeah and i wanted to get to that um you know, t- talking about the uh, the full length, uh, which is out now on Maggot Stomp Records, um, just just recently released. Uh, you, you know, you, you did talk about the lyrics. It seems right off the bat like a very New York City centric album. Is that fair to say? Definitely, man. Hundred percent, man. Okay, and we recently had Imperial Triumphant on the show, who are also um, a very New York City focused band. They talked about that uh, at great length. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we didn't run it by you, Corey. And um, <laughs> uh, no, great Whoa. band, um, but obviously a very different angle. But it almost seems like um, you guys are representing New York City uh, in this kind of visceral, like like tearing back the uh, the curtain way, um, maybe lyrically and aesthetically. Is that fair to say? A little bit, yes. Okay, and yeah. and what? So you say a little bit. Um, maybe you take issue with that character that characterization. What other influences come into the lyrics? Because um, some of us may not be so familiar with what's going on, given the kind of obscure, um, like subtle nature of the song titles. I mean, most of what I'm singing about has to do with the uh, hatred of life itself, really. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, um, that does come into play a little bit. Because obviously, what all I do is go to shows, really. So I'm around there a lot. So okay, because well, I'm mainly referencing the album artwork. Obviously, the cover of um, I, if I didn't say it yet, "Shrines to Absurdity" is the new album on Maggot Stomp Records. Um, which kind of is that New York City? That's supposed to. It, it seems like it's portraying New York City, but kind of in this like Fall of Rome type of yeah. uh, a portrayal. You know, which is really. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you were um, commissioning the artwork and dreaming up the album, things hadn't really gone um, as uh, as as dismal as they as they have gone since, right? For for New York City and for a lot of areas within 2020. Yeah, I agree with that. We definitely didn't foresee um, what the city would be like in its current state, but we thought it was definitely gritty enough to kind of portray with the art that we commissioned. And Paulo did a uh, Paul Girardi did a great job yeah. um, just realizing that vision. We we're kind of, with the title Shrines to Absurdity, we we're kind of thinking of if an alien or somebody else uh, from a different time or a different <laughs> culture came in and saw the city and didn't realize what skyscrapers were as, like, you know, places of inhabitants or business, um, you could kind of see it as shrines or spires. So it's kind of like Shrines to Absurdity. And also, times were a little weird at that time. You know, sometimes we uh, put things on pedestals where there would be actual. Uh, people or monuments, whether it be physically or just, you know, not literally. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. 
I, obviously, it's not like somebody just flipped the light switch and everything went crazy. Um, there, you know, things have always been crazy. There's a build up to and a, and a cycle to uh, lots of things. But um, you know, we've talked to a lot of bands. We talked to Necrot, Imperial Triumphant, and just a lot of people who. Um, you know, maybe are dealing with the issue of promoting an album and releasing an album, even with Afterbirth, uh, you know, in this climate now where live music obviously isn't the most essential thing and we're trying to um, work through that and see where we fit in in the landscape. And like a band, you know, artwork like this, you know, it just kind of uh, speaks to that. And um, maybe almost like a, a you know, prophetic um, uh, vision in a way. And the other reason why I guess I referenced New York City with your album is... The last uh, track is entitled Greenhaven, and I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good one. Corey, you want to touch on that one? Maybe even for our listeners who aren't familiar with the area, explain what Gre- Greenhaven is. Okay. Greenhaven is a jail upstate. Okay. <laughs> and we basically wanted to name a song after it. I mean, yeah, we didn't. We also practiced not too far from uh, that, so <laughs> it was close yeah. to home, so to speak, at least for our drummer. The place we recorded it, you, if you go a certain way, you have to drive past it to get there. Oh, okay, is it like... Fact, it, I drove past it driving home from doing the drum tracks that day, so... I mean, is it like kind of like a run-down old place? Is it a modern facility? Is there like local uh, folklore about it, you know? So I think Criff is definitely the resident expert on this one, but uh, okay. if there was, we always got creepy vibes of this of this place. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and and I want one, one you know I don't want to do a whole breakdown of the lyrics because there's so much I do want to ask you guys, but one more that I did want to get into is blood distillery. Uh, maybe if you could <laughs> touch on that, um, you know, and uh, you know I don't, I'm not even going to give my interpretation of where it might go. I want to hear you guys talk about it. Okay. You know how people say they get so angry their blood boils. Yeah, yeah. I think of it like that. Wow. All right, man. I, yeah, behind the scenes, I was dealing with the issue today, and um, and I can relate to that. All right, man. So craft breweries uh, safe from from that, <laughs> from that song. Um, all right. Well, you know, I, I so we, touch on the um, artwork. Um, the first song is actually a bit of a dystopia theme. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, and I mean, this, you know, looking at some of your artwork from your past um, releases, your demo, and uh, even the split tape with uh, Hagenti, uh, Haganetti, as we say in Suffolk County. Shout, <laughs> shout to them. Hagenti, uh, shout to those guys. Well, Haganetti and Clams. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but your split tape with them, the artwork, there's, there is this kind of like, almost like a majestic uh, and obscure dystopian vibe. Um, you know, I don't know if that's, if that's like fair to say. Would you say that, um, I mean, you, you kind of said that maybe it's a little bit accurate, that it's like a, a New York City band. Would you say that it's um, uh, a band that, that kind of characterizes uh, where we're at in society and kind of like a decline? I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, what's, what's interesting, too, is uh, all the pictures are from different eras. The art for the split is a painting, which is, you know, not not real but um the demo was um a photo from stalingrad that's so, what i thought you know, from world war Two. yeah mm-hmm. so like you know sorry for my language but the world could go to shit you know it <laughs> seems to kind of comes in waves sometimes it buries itself a little deeper than the last time but true man yeah. um you know unfortunately uh you know kind of a, a realistic perspective on things 
Um, and you know, we're we're getting right into the the new album, uh, which is good because I, I feel like um, it's a, it's a kind of a culmination of things with you guys. I've I've been privy to like watching the band from your very primordial beginnings, um, and I, you know, I'm always proud to see you guys because I know you personally as friends. Uh, where does the band really start? Like, is it is it you and Pat jamming? Is it Corey and somebody saying we got to get a band? Like, <laughs> like we're like, we're like t- take me through Thetis for me. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, so, kind of like the concept for a band like Thetis kind of stemmed from me and Pat just you know just going to shows and hanging out and just talking smack, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about like if we were to do a band, like how would we do this, you know? And kind of we had a, a a big overlap of musical tastes and interests, and we decided like I know this sounds super nerdy, but uh, a lot of my inspiration was from the song "The Infestation" by Decrepit Birth. Mm-hmm. And why this song specifically? It's not just because it's brutal; it's because there's no power chords in the song. Um, you guys could fact check me on that. <laughs> but, I'm, uh, I'm going to. That's uh, <laughs> he's got to add right now. I love that a lot. Yeah. I got yeah, a power cord finder, yeah, going on right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Rivers of Gore, I don't know. Shout out to the OGs. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, and kind of the, the concept of just you know mixing it up, th- taking things that we like, not necessarily just rehashing something old, but uh, putting our our own spin on it. So that's just me and Pat, and then uh, me and Criffo, uh, the drummer. We were introduced by Nick Schwinger. Um, some of you guys may know. Shout out to Nick. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Nick. Yes. And it was my first time kind of drumming, uh, not drumming, but jamming with the drummer outside of Cell um, oh in an extreme metal yeah. <laughs> So uh, the first song that we actually jammed together was Greenhaven. Huh. And Will, some extra trivia behind Greenhaven is that song was written maybe about 10 years ago at that point, almost. And it was almost a song uh, that I introduced for a Chronovore track oh. where you were playing drums. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, That's well, right. I'm not going to unlock the mystery yet on that one. We, we, we right. missed that on the uh, the one where we got to grill you. That's a rumor That's out true. there. It hasn't been. <laughs> it's alleged that I played drums in a band uh, with, with Terrell. Um, but it hasn't been confirmed yet by Metallum. So we're going to keep watching that and see, <laughs> see what turns up on that. Yeah. It ain't real unless it's on the archives. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's that's interesting to know. Okay, so I didn't even realize that one, man. So all right, so you and Pat are kind of like uh, listening to all this music. You're clicking on what you want to do. He's Pat Hawkins is obviously the other guitarist of uh, Thetis. Um, when do you guys hook up with? Um, well, you said you hook up with with Criff through. And by the way, we call him Criff because his, his his name is Nick, and then that makes it complicated with Nick Schwenger. Schwenger, because you guys are all part of the we crew. We know too many Nicks. Yeah, yeah. There's other Nicks around. It's it's wild out here. Um, so you so Criffo, uh, Corey. How does Corey come into the picture? Um, I met them through Schwang too. Okay. So he's like the, the, what do you call it, like the Lou Pearlman, like the guy Lou Pearlman <laughs> oh, with the God. boy band. He's like, I mean, he's, but he the non-scumbag version. Yeah. He's, he's the non, he's, all right, we could think of a better thing than Lou. He's not Lou Pearlman. All right, Nick is not Lou Pearlman. Uh, fact. Uh, he's, yeah, he's more like, um, like Jam Death Master J, rest in peace for Onyx. Like that, yeah, that okay. kind of, yeah, he, you know, he's getting the group together, giving a little guidance. Shout out to Jam Master Nick. I fixed that on the fly. <laughs> Jesus, that, was, that, that almost got ugly. Yeah. Okay. Good recovery. Um, all right. Dancing around it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It, yeah. Yeah. No boy bands. No looper. That was a dark era of pop music. 
But um, those poor boys. Nick, no, no, the homie Nick Schwenger is bringing you guys together. Um, and uh, Long Island's own uh, Jimmy Height, right? Yes. Um, uh, former Jim bass Holly. player of Thetis, but he he came in fairly early on when you guys were forming the band, right? Yeah. Um, so by the time we did the demo, that was just me and Pat. We kind of did all the duties between guitar and bass. And uh, oh, okay. Jimmy, okay. Okay. yeah, Jimmy, we're always trying to get involved with the band. Uh, and I think you know once we got the ball rolling, um, he. You know, he blessed us by joining us with his talents, and we really appreciate his time in the band. And Jimmy, you know, he grew up with Pat, so they, you know, they have long history. And I've known Pat now for about 12 years because we, you know, went to school together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is, if people don't know, this is a band that has its roots in um, East Long Island, uh, Brooklyn, uh, and parts of New Jersey and upstate New York. Is that all accurate? Yep, that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, no, because I like it. Because if you know, for people who aren't from the area, um, that's not an easy feat to keep that band together and going and productive. I know you guys had some kind of crazy. Like, describe maybe some of the commutes. Um, you know, especially in the beginning of the band when you guys were a little bit younger. Wow. Like, what's some of the wildest commutes? Because I know you guys did some stupid drives and some stupid <laughs> public transportation <laughs> things just to rehearse. You know, for the love of the game, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and Corey could touch on that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, shout out, shout out to Pat, um, because uh, back in the day when I was still working and going to school in the city, I didn't have a car, and we practiced upstate. So Pat was a gentleman, and he would come to my house in the morning, set where it would be Saturday, Sunday morning, early, and he would drive me upstate. And mm -hmm. I'm super appreciative of that, and I definitely don't take it for granted. A lot of the buckshot practices was, was a lot more of you know taking a train out, you know East Long Island, rigging up gear to bring on trains and stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, it's I mean I, you know you know me man, I, I get it done. I'm the guy for it. Paulo oh, Paguntalan yeah. used to wander the subways of New York City with uh, a huge guitar cabinet on a hand truck back in the day. Yeah, unreal. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, I, I, that was like 20 years ago almost. Uh, he'll, I think we I think we talked about it with him on the episode. I'll go back and review, and we got to get him back on eventually. But we got you guys on now, so let's not get derailed. Uh, Corey, I want to hear some dumb travel to rehearsal and show stories because everyone's oh, spread man. out. Because I've done it too. I've done it too. I want to hear him. Let's see how silly you got. I think one or two times I had to pick up Terrell from the train station because like Pat was like elsewhere. And, <laughs> going to shows could be pretty crazy too because the one time we played at um that place in Staten Island was it a uh, yeah Mother Pugs? Mother Pugs okay the first Mother Pug show I basically wasn't driving down there to see it at all I would ride down there that was back when I was just singing I would just ride down there with Criff right so I'm driving down there with Criff and we're going to this one studio to practice. Phoenix, right? Phoenix, yep. Uh, so we're driving down there, and you know, he's just going like real fast. He, you <laughs> don't realize there's this oh, shit. speed bump there, and he goes up over the speed bump and just flies, crashes down, and like something happened to the. Yeah, oh, it messed up the car bad. Like the oil pan was leaking and junk. <laughs> they had, we had to get the car towed back to back upstate after the show. Oh no. yeah. I think I remember you guys Island. telling me about that when that show happened, yeah. Playing a show in Staten Island is not necessarily an easy feat in itself. 
you know, <laughs> navigating the five boroughs of New York City, the places that are, um, you know, just upstate that we touch sometimes, such like Yonkers, Westchester, whatever, uh, Long Island, man, it can be a real hassle. Um, even if your band is all from one town, let alone from like a bunch of different zip codes. So, uh, you know, I salute you guys getting that together. There's a lot of getting back at 5 a.m., dropping every, dropping this guy off in Brooklyn, dropping this guy off in Queens, then you get home at 5 and you got to still unload a drum kit or a bass cab or whatever the situation is, man. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, Never mind driving back in the snow from a couple of shows. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Our, our very first show, uh, driving back from Oneonta, must have taken five hours or something like that. Just was downpour bad. of snow. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was insane. But, you know, coming it makes those first from, shows uh, memorable. Coming back from um, Silent Barn, snow wasn't as bad, but, you know, we were always freaking out from the first time, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah the, yeah, the snow is definitely one of the worst things when you got, like, a, a car or a truck full of equipment or a van or something, man. Hairy, I've had some hairy situations in, in Colorado, um, you know, but but God, nobody cares when you're in Colorado, it's man. When, you, when you're, <laughs> fo- you're focused too much on your tone and, like, you know, making sure you have all you're eating, you don't really yeah. care about the tread on your tires. Yeah. And you're sliding around. Well, yeah. hey, shout out to Mary Bielik. Uh, gave us lots shout of advice on, on tire pressure. And tire oh, really? treads uh, in our episode. Yeah, she's got to come rack me over the head with a mechanics wrench. <laughs> yeah, get a mechanic in your band. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> if, I, if I don't have the, the right tire treads we going on. We do have mechanics. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Wait, I, okay, so I didn't realize that. Who talk about it? So, yeah, Crip, our drummer, he's a he's a Volkswagen mechanic. So. Oh, okay. And luckily, three out of four of us drive Volkswagen. So. What? I don't think I don't think there's a coincidence there. Wait, <laughs> is this part of the band's car. aesthetic? Is this part of what you uh, like? <laughs> it's all about math and Volkswagens. Yeah, this is like some futuristic type of the ergonomic aesthetic. Yeah, and uh, plague the plagues of power failures. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Elitist engineered death metal, man. Oh, I, but no. I, I always had a dream of having a, a nice Mark II, and uh, never. I've never realized it. It's a bad dream. Yeah. Have you <laughs> ever bad. owned a Mark II? No. Oh, Luckily, man. one of the older Volkswagens. I think that '89 to '93. I think they made them. Yeah. Oh boy. If you were if you're driving a VW uh, in the early '90s, that was wild, man. Dave Matthews band tapes. Dude, you know, all up in your shit. Where are you going? Yeah, you guys, <laughs> going. You guys need a. Um, you guys should seriously invest in a VW, uh, like one of those old hippie tour buses. Yeah, the bus that, that the yeah, Grateful yeah. Dead would yeah. would be yeah, in. Geez. I could see your cover art, um, or, or you can get the uh, muraled onto the side of it, or you can get the water cooled Westfalia with the uh, detachable roof. You That's can put good. Some hammocks up there. The safari <laughs> windshield that yeah. pops out. I'm gonna put I'm you in touch with Rob Wharton. Guy. Rob Wharton is all about <laughs> pimping out these oh, like school yeah. buses. And whatever else type of stuff. <laughs> oh my god, this guy. <laughs> ready, bro. Let's stay ready. <laughs> you said Dave Matthews, man. Come on. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> so, Did Dave Matthews. Did you guys make that? <laughs> Who made that? I, I ma- yeah, I made it. I make silly memes sometimes. Wait a minute. That's amazing. <laughs> that Just is crazy. Um, <laughs> so, Dave, welcome to the hey, show. Uh, Jesus. Do you come from a particularly barefoot family? Like, okay, yeah. for the listeners, for the listeners' experience, maybe we could put this on the social media if we get permission. Um, there is a picture of the Dave Matthews Band. Finally. With the Thetis logo imposed as a meme. Um, this is definitely an extreme metal meme that demands extreme posting oh, if I ever good. saw one. Uh, I took good. a snapshot. Yeah. I got the snapshot um, of it. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, yeah, that's that's crazy, man. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> now, well, now, me with that. Now that that picture has crashed into you, well, yeah. Uh, what do you? <laughs> yeah. Now that that picture has crashed. <laughs> oh, Corey, all right. Listen. I, think it's, oh, I don't know. This is wild. You can't seem to get there. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I don't know why it's doing that, but hold on, I gotta get this. I'll get you the source. Send to me. Yeah, just send me the source. <laughs> send me that high res you got, Terrell. Yeah, that's a good. Okay. Yeah, switch it up. Hey, yeah, I got switch it. it up. Oh my God! Awesome. All right. I mean, well, listen, man. Terrell, Sweet Ter- Terrell, you, fire, or whatever. <laughs> Terrell, you went ahead and took it there, man. Um, you know, you made the meme out of your own band picture. Do you guys ever get shit for uh, being a modern death metal band and having uh, multiple people of color or even one person of color in the band? I know in New York City, I feel like I'm a little sheltered, having grown up on Long Island in New York City in terms of racism in the metal community. Um, because maybe it's not as prevalent here or we don't notice as much. But, I mean, like, elephant in the room, man. Let's get your guys' perspective on that uh, one by one if we could. I definitely got a little lucky with that. I really haven't delved as much. And living here, you're never the only one at a show. Yeah, true. Yeah. Although, there's a guy you know that some people get me confused with sometimes. Uh. (laughs) There was a thing for a while where all of us have goatee and glasses. Yeah, like the only one that doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just minus the class. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you I actually I, get locked yeah. in vacancy on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, still, uh, shout to them, man. And, you know, yeah, I'm not trying to. Um I'm just trying to get your. Uh, That's a fair question. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to get your guys' perspective. You brought up, the, you know, you, you put the meme up there. I'm wondering if anything has ever come out on the internet like that, like making fun of you guys or giving you guys shit, giving maggot stomp shit when that was announced. You know, it's funny. Like, honestly, over the years, I've never seen it i think maybe one time i saw like a loose uh translation on a russian forum <laughs> of you know such suffocation and something okay. about brown brown metal but okay, so, okay. oh wait okay I, I do remember that i do remember but that. The, I, honestly to be honest man I, I make these memes to just get ahead of it and okay well yeah not poking fun of myself but ne- i've never over the years uh, people have been very welcoming and then you can see from buckshot shows mm-hmm. um honestly once you, you know it's once you establish yourself and you, you know people um honestly i've never felt like i ran into much shit maybe a couple backhanded kind of things but nothing mm-hmm. that like um the ladies of Dercada were you know referring to and stuff like that yeah uh, well you know i'm glad you brought that up too because i had them on the show and I'm not going to sit here and say, uh, yeah, well, there's no problems with women in metal, so I'm not even going to ask them. And I'm not going to do the same thing uh, to the two of you guys. I figure I, I want to get your perspective on, on things. Um, and, you know, obviously we're not going to ignore that um, it's something that's very prevalent in the news with a lot of issues and stuff nowadays. So, uh, you know, I've always felt like the metal scene, uh, the underground death metal and grindcore scene specifically in New York City and Long Island um, is very welcoming. Uh, and, and, you know, we, I, any kind of instance of, like, racial prejudice is usually very quickly taken care of from within, uh, much like a lot of scenes will, you know, will boast. And I just wanted to get your guys' perspective. But, um, you know, moving on, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Jimmy, your bass player, uh, who was in the band for a while. He recently left. And, Corey, I know you picked up both bass and vocals for the band. Can you talk a little bit about the transition? Because you were, you were known performing around uh, the area for many years as the vocalist and the frontman of the band, and you very quickly picked up the bass and the vocals at the same time live. You want to talk about that transition? 
I learned a little bit of bass because up here in Peekskill in New York, there's no one to form a band with, so you have to do everything yourself. So (laughs) (laughs) I knew a little bit of bass, but I'd never like played an instrument in a band before besides drums. I used to drum in a lot of bands, but, um, you know, I was really scared of doing that at first. And we had actually asked Schwang to play bass first, and then that didn't work out. So we were like, you know, I'll try it. So I think maybe like three, four practices we did, and then we actually played a show like that, and it was pretty cool. I kind of like it better because I don't have to worry about what to do with my hands when I'm not singing. That's a great way of looking at it. <laughs> I, yeah, wow. man, makes sense. Makes sense. I, I do these like elaborate uh, Godzilla like motions just to, yeah. just to free up my hands. Well, I mean, for the <laughs> listeners, you um, you can go on Bandcamp and look up uh, Kavorkian esque and Spring of Dr- uh, Spring of Drowned Panda. One word. Those are two projects of yours. I believe one man projects, if I'm not mistaken, with, with maybe some yeah. collaborative uh, things here and there. Like Pat, Pat, I know from Thetis did a solo once, um, but those are two projects of yours on Bandcamp that predate Thetis, or at least um, have, have been going on uh, concurrent with Thetis. So, like talking about picking up the bass, you say like you know it's good because it, you know you don't really have to worry about what to do with your hands. Maybe it kind of like frees you up with what to you know your posturing and what to do in your pr- stage presence. Um, but was there like a long period of relearning the songs, or had you already kind of known them on bass? Were you part of the writing process to begin with? Um, not necessarily. I had to simplify a few things so I could sing while playing them. But like listening to it more and more, I kind of figured out. Well, okay, I can I can do this while singing it, and it, um worked out a little. There's still some songs I'm kind of like, what am I doing on this part while singing? But for the most part, um, I'm handling it okay. Um, coming up with the new songs has been going pretty well. Yeah, I can imagine going back to the old material that, you know, that maybe, I guess, Jimmy wrote the bass lines or something that could be, because it wasn't written to be to be performed by somebody doing vocals at the same time. Yeah, it's like, I only give him, like, maybe one musical suggestion for anything on the, for, no, anything on the demo, really. And um, one part on the, um, I wrote one part on the album, but... Now, um, being more involved in the writing process, it's pretty cool. Okay, and, and going forward, well, maybe tell us a little bit, um, when exactly was this album recorded, and where do you guys, like, sit in terms of new material? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, like, do you guys have stuff that's ready, or, you know, let's get into that. Okay, uh, so, uh, the first, the drum tracks for the uh, album was recorded back in the summer of 17, 2017, I believe. Does that sound right, Corey? Yeah, it was yeah. about that. So, so, yeah, I, I know as we sit in the summer of 2020, it's interesting. And then a couple months later, we got the first round of guitars. A couple months later, we got second round of bass, guitars, vocals, everything. And then just a lot of, you know, nitpicking with the mixing and I'm talking about myself just you know just being overly overly critical as you guys know how difficult it is you know mixing your own stuff is so hard to be uh subjective yeah or objective rather excuse it's me. almost like a skill to know when to step away when you're that yeah. heavily involved and like just get a fresh ear on it definitely and uh 
at least I was like mastering. I'm not. I'm not touching this with the tenth foot pole, man, because yeah. I, I've heard this record so many times. <laughs> but it, it was great because I, we were able to at least accomplish what we wanted it to sound like, and whether it meant having a revision or two, the final product is what we're all satisfied and happy with. Um, well, it's a good thing, Terrell, that you brought up that you recorded. You, I mean, you could safely say that it w- was it like a group effort or was it Terrell recording the album? Well, yeah, big group effort with um, with the recording process, setting up the mics, getting everything you know ready to go. But I would say I took on you know all of the uh, mixing. Yeah, and, well, obviously with an independent recording um, with a band member, you know, obviously everybody helped set up and carry gear. So otherwise, they'd be assholes. And I know you guys, I know you guys aren't assholes. I know, I know everybody helped Terrell out. <laughs> but, but seriously, but you know, you're this was like your job, Terrell. Are you um, a, an aspiring producer? Well, yeah, I guess in, in some ways, and I, I think maybe not as my main gig, but I would like to get better at it over time and. I think some of my schooling actually helped me understand some of the things underneath the hood when it comes to um, audio production. But really, just like music theory, you don't, you you know, you don't become a master until you start practicing it and um, experimenting with different sounds. So I'm just trying to get better at producing things for either my own projects or maybe some friends and stuff. So did you? Um, I, I didn't know that you produced your full length that it, it sounds really good did you get uh did you send it out to get mastered and stuff or um yep so uh we decided to get it mastered with colin down at the thousand caves fantastic no good choice as you said yeah we yeah. needed an extra ear on it i was i was burnt mm-hmm. out and yeah. yeah we figured colin would be the right one to tidy up any loose ends on it <laughs> colin's definitely yeah. the guy and while we're talking about gear um, maybe because you guys have like a you know one of the really interesting parts of the band is the guitar sound uh, and the kind of like subtleties and intricacies in the, the the back and forth between the two guitars. What kind of gear um, did you guys record with both you and Pat in terms of guitars? Okay, um, with respect to guitars, um, I recorded with an Ibanez, just a very cheap four hundred dollar guitar that I use for buckshot too. Yep. I know um, the one. <laughs> yep, yeah, you know. And funny enough it looks exactly like the one that Pat has, which is like the good version. <laughs> the Abinus, the uh, the prestige. So it's kind of like he had like a, a GTI and I had a wait hold on let's not get to the VW talk. But uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Good point I was though. supposed to get the wooden but, uh, version of the Epiphone Thunderbird to match. <laughs> I believe he also recorded with a carbon, which also has a really, really sick tone. Um, okay. Those came out really good. And then amp-wise, um, he uses a Marshall GCM 2000, I believe. So, you know, um, you guys know what that sounds like. Just Classic. very yeah. crunchy, yeah, distorted Marshall. And right. uh, for me, I used... Um, I use DI and Sims for my tone on the album, actually. Nice. nice. What, what Sims were you using? <laughs> the Sims? You run through oh, the man, Sims? you're going to kill me. You're going to kill me. I used actually two free Sims. I used the Emissary, um, and I used the, um, like, a knockoff Mesa. Um, just saying, uh, I think it was, like, a Lecto plug-in or something I like that. I love that. I mean, yeah. did, did, did Colin take issue with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, and I've, I kind of discussed with Colin a little bit. I think he's... You know, I've experimented a lot more with like Sims and at ah. least more with the reamping. 
People people think yeah. that when you go to Colin, he's going to be like some sort of overlord of like the the <laughs> mic miking the orange amp only, you know, and and you know taking the time machine back to the '80s to record, like you know. But but really, you know, he's open minded to whatever you want to accomplish, whatever you're trying to do. And it sounds like Terrell, you used. Um, fairly humble equipment and got the most like the most bang for your buck so to speak man you know it's it's all about how much because i know you 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 know you've never been like a fancy gear guy look what i just got on ebay i'm <laughs> you know i'm going i'm driving down to virginia to get this from the guitar shop my cousin owns or whatever <laughs> they, you know these guys get old nuts with the gear you know but like it's true yes yeah yes, you, you, we all know it's someone cool. but like cool. you know which is cool that's one way to do it i get it it's i collect fun. tapes that's my thing you know <laughs> you can make fun of me for that but you you but you know what you're saying is you're like yo i got the 400 guitar i got the kind of knockoffs in let's let's rip i know my songs i know what i got i know how to make it sound good and you did that i would have never guessed yeah. that honestly man so you know and kudos to you for not fronting on you know like about oh that. no of course <laughs> i mean there's nothing to hide just yeah. oh sorry just two little minor shout outs um, one nerd, nerdy thing here, but like you guys know, a big thing is the cab tone. So yeah. really, just finding that right impulse was a big deal with um, getting the nailing the right tone with those amps. Kind of the amp doesn't matter so much anymore. It makes it makes the biggest difference. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And also, um, kind of reference to an older episode you guys did. Shout out to Reaper because uh, yeah, I did the Reaper. I did the demo back on Reaper back in the day. And then I finally bought it after having it for a year, and uh, you know, sixty dollars—you you really can't go wrong. Six Jacksons, yeah. yeah. Throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, we both swear by that. It's so—I it, I love it, man. It's so sick. Yeah, we, Justin edits on that. Uh, yeah, and your uh, Dean Lamb uses that from Archspire. Uh, he's also in that same camp with the, uh, you know, like the guitar sims and stuff like that. Yeah, he uses an Axe Effects, but talking to him, if he could, he'd play out of a box this big. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, like not, yeah. A, not a tube to be seen. Yeah, we we actually, if if people are listening, they uh, are interested, and they haven't listened to that episode with Dean Lamb from Archspire. We do we talk a lot, uh, and he kind of he almost convinces me uh, <laughs> of the of the uh, you know of those little tiny amps and and plugins and things. Yeah, and, you know, Jarrell is another case yeah. in point. You know, yeah, really no, I, I get it. You guys know me. If it was up to me, I'd be in the VW van with with, with Jerry Garcia and the, and the tube amp. <laughs> And all that shit, <laughs> the Walkman, the, wa- the Wall of Death, yeah, Ron Warren, the head cleaner yeah, for the tape so deck. Much shit, I never heard of in that episode. That was a very interesting episode. That being said, let's not leave the bass players out while we're talking gear. Corey, what did you record on? <laughs> I didn't play bass on the album. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my timeline's <laughs> messed up because Jimmy. I'm so sorry. Good. No, we'll, no, no. We'll problem. edit that out. Yeah, I just threw myself under the bus, right? So you can feel better right. about last night. I never will. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, right. no. <laughs> okay, my me. bad. Um, uh, I did research on this, Will. Yeah, fatal flaw on the research. Uh, I got the notebook right here. So Jimmy played bass on the album. You, I mean, while, while we're talking, while I asked, do you guys remember what he was using on the album? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah a six string, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a six string. That's why I asked. I, it. I, yeah, yeah. He either had a BTB, um, which it's kind of the same one that Colin has, and somehow i have one of these um either that or he had a, a really nice ibanez um but he kind of recorded di's and then i did reamping with the sans amp and uh right, more well, i'll ask him when we do the thatus uh behind the scenes there um, you go. Contra- controversial episode with jimmy <laughs> no, shout, shout to jimmy man we love jimmy man good dude from the local scene like big jim hall on twitch yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i would that's i'm too old to know what you just said but, but it's all good. 
um, well, it's, it's going to be like the beef DVDs. Remember that? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Now I, yeah, all right. Jimmy's, all right, he's got a crew and everything, man. I remember that. There was a sick one with D Block I watched back in the day. But let's not let's not derail. Um, let's Shout keep talking, Thetis. She glutch. Yeah. Shout yeah, don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Uh, yeah. hip-hop episode, bro. All right, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to do more hip-hop episodes coming up in the future. Um, but... You know, getting back to Thetis, uh, I just wanted to touch on, too, because, you know, we talked about the album, the beginning of the band. Um, you guys have gotten out live tremendously before, uh, obviously, everything, you know, got shut down from this whole horrible situation that's that's been going on in the last several months. But before that, you guys were getting it in for several years. Uh, you guys played St. Vitus a lot. You were opening up for a lot of the, you know, the bigger names, the, the more illustrious names in the underground metal scene. You want to just talk a little bit about some of those experiences? Like, what are some of the coolest shows you feel you've played uh, some of the best venues, things like that. Maybe you, want, you guys want to go back and forth, respectively. Your favorite experiences playing shows. Vitus is definitely the favorite venue. Mm. I gotta say. Yeah. Um, but that second to last show we played with um, Brodequin, that was amazing. I. Yeah. I, I, I don't even have words. For that. <laughs> that was, that was a sick one lineup. with books. Mm-hmm. All I remember. Also with noisier. Oh, okay. Noisier. Classic grindcore band. Yeah. Um, it, I remember when you played with Brodekin, some drunk guy in a Punisher t-shirt just like like stumbled up to me and grabbed me by the t-shirt and fell back with his whole body weight <laughs> and dragged me on the floor in the pit. Yeah, it was horrible. It was a terrible experience. I don't like that guy. Um, no shout to him. That's like proof uh, yeah. of, of the simulation, man. Because yeah. that that ha- I feel like that happens more often than not. It's just it's like always a, the Punisher shirt. It's like a, yeah, it's, it's a it's yeah. a mindset, I guess. Wow. I, I used to read the Punisher comics, but and you know what it is? If you have like like I have a T-shirt of the Punisher, it's like the cover of the of an old comic book. If you just have this the generic symbol, like yeah. if you yeah. if you no. buy comic book shirts at Walmart and it's just the generic license symbol, get the fuck out of here. I think you, most <laughs> I think most people that yes. they, that buy that shirt they ruined that shirt yeah, you got shirt. It. We all got it. the people that yeah. took that the wrong way yeah like raven <laughs> used to wear that in wcw back in like 96 like that was sick Before anything the that shirts, happened since the, anything <laughs> that happened since the internet sucks right now i said <laughs> all right all right i'm Pretty sorry much. i'm sorry i'm sorry we're in the middle of a thetis interview i'm wilding out I'm talking shit about the young people. My bad. Okay. Um, shout out to everybody rocking licensed Marvel comic shirts that they bought oh, at Walmart. Shit. If you listen to this podcast, you can wear them. You wear, wear them with your PJ pants. I don't care. I disagree. Um, uh, I'm back the, old, to, back I'm to the oldest person in this chat. <laughs> Is that that actually? You're older than me, right? I mean, you brought it there, yeah, man. You that brought was it there. shocking to find out. Jesus. Yeah, it was shocking for me to find out, man. How do, how, do you, how do you keep the young guys around you? The artificial brain guys hate me, man. I'm always talking about tapes and shit, man. You got, you, you got to get with the times. Um, well, well, talking about that, though, because as I was saying, you know, we talked about Thetis through the years. We talked about shows. Uh, Corey, you know, aside from your, your other projects that, that I mentioned before, uh, is Thetis your first experience being out playing live in a band and, and doing that sort of thing? To this capacity, yes. Okay. Um, but you've been around a little bit longer than some of your younger bandmates, as you just said. Uh, like, let's get your take on the scene, because Thetis, to me, is like the next generation after my shit, you know? And I say that respectfully because I'm, I'm out of here in a few years. I'm old news. I'm, that's why I'm doing this podcast, all right? No one's going to want to see me on stage in a few years. 
Um, <laughs> you know, but but I look at Thetis, I look at Imperial Triumphant, you know, like 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 the new kind of like the new new generation of bands that started out while I was like you know out there doing my thing, and now you guys, now I'm going to be opening up for you guys if I'm lucky in a few years. Uh, in, in all due respect, not just you guys, but but the next generation coming up. And Corey, you got to see that like a, a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, let's talk about where the New York City scene and the New York adjacent scene, because you're from a little bit more upstate, has come in like the last 10 years. You know, it, it, it went from being like, you know, kind of like suffocation style bands and things like that and not much bubbling up to uh, this whole new artistic movement. I mean, when I got into stuff, it was um, when people basically the black metal thing was big and people didn't think the whole uh I don't know, the death metal bands were kind of going in a different direction, sort of, and <laughs> I actually hadn't been out um, around that time. I was first going to shows in 2000, 2001, really. Okay. So, and, but I was going to shows in Philly for a long time when I lived out there, and there weren't a lot of, like, smaller venues. Well, there were, there were a lot of smaller venues out there, but, like, they didn't have really have, like, very good sound or anything. And, you know, coming back to New York and getting to see these newer venues like Vitus and all that, they're like great venues with far better sound systems than the ones I used to go to before. Yeah. And and just the amount of people that go that were going to shows and things like that and hopefully will return to shows. Um, you know, the amount of crowds you guys were seeing at Vitus because you guys were opening up for bigger bands, you know, and things like that. Uh, it, it just seemed like we were in the middle of this metal renaissance that unfortunately has been interrupted. Um, and Thetis was kind of like right there, you know, uh, for that, uh, you know, with the local scene and that sort of thing. And when we talk about something else that you guys are right there for, uh, not necessarily a local scene, but the maggot stomp scene. You guys are now part of the maggot stomp roster, uh, you know, and that's no news to uh, listeners of this show. We did a whole episode with Scott McGrath months ago. Uh, way before you guys got signed, there was no money under the table with with us and them and nothing like that. It's crazy. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Uh, no, but seriously, um, that's a movement in itself. The caveman death metal thing that I'm always talking about, getting everybody, t- you know, turned up about and all that. Um, <laughs> but you guys, like, there's a caveman element. There definitely is to, to what Thetis does. You guys, it seems like you guys are kind of like this avant-garde, more artistic, progressive, technical death metal band. But there's an element of respect for the brutal 90s, like your old Broken Hope, your old Skinless, that sort of thing, man. Um, let's get into, like, your influences and how you slice and dice them. Let's go with Corey. You want to start that one or you want me to go? Um, I mean, we're big in the defeated sanity and <laughs> suffocation and gore guts. And we throw a lot of that sort of gore gut sound into it because yeah. to sort of mix it up. And we, we, we want to have like a more brutal version of the dissonant sound, I guess. I, well, see, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I'm kind of rambling because it's hard for me to describe. But what your album has done, what you've always done as a band, but especially what you've accomplished on the album is, um, you know, you're not a band that sounds like Demolich. You're not a band that sounds exactly like a specific gore guts album. You're not a band that sounds like a specific skinless album. And there's plenty of bands you could say that about, all due respect to them. But you guys kind of take it up and chop the salad up in a completely different way. 
Um, and I, you know, I just want to try to get like you know maybe behind behind the um, behind the curtain on your writing process or, or like how you guys yeah. uh, look at things because you don't just sit there and write a four four riff into a slam riff into a blast. No, that's a, that's a good point, Will. Um, and kind of like what I was saying too with with me and Pat, just the inception of this was kind of like as you said, showing respect and reverence to the bands that we like, but kind of putting our own spit on it. Um, a good way to put it, I always think of like, if you think of death metal in like 91, 92, 93, kind of where I call it like OG tech, where you have like death individuals, uh, thought patterns, atheist, you know, questionable presence, uh, cynic, just a lot of that stuff kind of got me into guitar. And it's like that. It's like, it's technical, but it's not quite overdone. Like we love necrophages and stuff. That was big for us. Um, but I think once Tech Death got a little more sterile and quantized and, you know, all the buzzwords, for even for me, like, I'm like, these guys are amazingly talented. But some of the stuff kind of goes in one year or, you know, and out the other. Um, I could second so that sentiment. Mm-hmm. It's not memorable. Yeah. Yep. So we're kind of going for that with the riffs, the production, kind of like this amalgamation of not being completely old school and trying to sound caveman and cavernous and not being completely polished and that kind of comes out with the riffing too i feel yeah and talking about the riffing something i picked on is there ever a specific idea to maybe like i'm gonna write uh i'm gonna write a riff that's rhythmically a grind riff but i'm gonna use dissonant like melodic chords or i'm gonna write a riff that's rhythmically and (laughs) and the way i pick it a chug riff but the, the, the type of notes I pick are going to be more of what you'd expect from, like, a black metal band. Like, I just noticed it seems like you guys play with the choice of notes compared to the, the typical choice of rhythm. Like, like you know, you might, like, you might take the exact rhythm and placement of a suffocation riff, but you have mm-hmm. something weird and dissonant and melodic going on it that other bands wouldn't pick. Yeah, exactly. Trying to add some juxtaposition to it where we could, you know, just, I don't know, just throwing in something huh. something new. <laughs> yeah it's you know what it is man there's something very unique and you express a lot of personality in the music and it's hard to put that into words it's something the listeners really have to listen to that's what i'm getting at um yeah. and it's it's, a, it's an album that really stands out and it's a it's a great addition to maggot stomp because it shows that maybe caveman death metal is capable of being more progressive than we realized uh and and yeah. you know yeah. speaking to that um uh you know Corey, when we talk about, you know, we talked a little bit about the lyrics and where that's coming from before and that sort of thing and, and the song titles. I want to get into vocals now because, you know, all honesty, I don't want I don't, I don't want this to become like the handshake society, but I'm a big fan of your vocals. <laughs> I've always thought that um, you're a consistent vocalist. The depth, the uh, the overall like brutality and kind of monstrous nature of it, it's, it's kind of like a Joe Thassic or something where it's just like this sewer pipe effect. Although you're <laughs> capable of a few different voices... Um, you are someone who commands a lot of guttural ability and a lot of depth. You want to talk just a little bit um, about technique uh, and how you learned how to do that? How do you practice that? How do you warm up? Because that's questions that people ask a lot of the time. To be honest, I was basically James Howley was doing my vocals just the year before I was asked to join the band. Okay. So I was still learning how to do this. And that's why I was kind of shocked they asked me to join, honestly. But <laughs> And I'm still kind of shocked at the comparisons I'm getting with it. But I had no lows before 2015, like none. And 
the way I like, I basically self-taught. The way I figured out how to do it, um, wow, I'm not even sure I can explain it. You know that one old dirty bastard song where he just starts out at like the lowest possible note he can, like, like the lowest possible sound you can make. I can't remember the name of the song. I'd have to go back uh, and review. Rest in peace to ODB, but I gotta go back and check yeah. that out. I yeah. love where we're going with this, though. Keep going. It, re- <laughs> it really came from him because when okay. you because it started out like that, and when I kind of I figured out how to do it that way, huh. honestly, and I've just been um, honing it ever since, and I can do it for a longer amount of time. Like I'm so picky about how my vocals sound. Like my vocal takes. <laughs> probably look like I'm surprised I had vocals done before people had guitars done because I redid those things so many times it's not <laughs> really funny and you know it's um you know I I can't really explain how I knew it honestly but that's the only way I can think of to it's it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's again it's one of those things I, did, I wasn't taught by anybody really except um that guy Fino on YouTube, he basically said, "Do what feels good, not what sounds good." So, mm. huh. when I figured out how to do vocals in a way that I did not hurt my voice and was not able to talk later, yeah. I kept doing that <laughs> because the way, if you look at anything I did um, by myself or before joining the band, I was doing vocals way wrong back then. Like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It wasn't that big of a deal because I wasn't in a real band and I was not like my voice although I was in a grind band doing that and I messed my voice up bad doing it but but you know I just had to figure that out really yeah and, it, and you know it is tough to put into words exactly how you do it one one thing though is there any um, warm up process like before you perform a set yes do the like AEIOU um, uh-huh. sort of thing and just kind of go up and down because the thing I had trouble with was doing the highs that way, as compared to doing the lows that way. So I just had to like actually just kind of go as high as I could go, and then as low as I could go, just back and forth. Yeah, stretch. Yeah, I've I've done something. So you got to open yourself up. We should do a whole episode on on vocal warm ups and stuff like that, man. There's a lot of different techniques and weird stuff that people do. I do, I do some stupid stuff. Um, <laughs> people knock on the door. Will you okay? Me. You know, yeah, like. They told me about your Yoohoo trick. That was good. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. an old I interview that. with Impetigo, and um, I, I read that you know you could drink a little bit of Yoohoo for the guttural vocals, and just a little bit because you don't want to get sick to your stomach. That's a whole other level of gore grind if you throw up on stage. Um, <laughs> but you know we you know we talked before you know we talked before, and I didn't forget. Um, before we wind down the interview, to be respectful of your time, you guys uh, know from the show that we always ask you to recommend some stuff. Uh, and before we get into music, I didn't forget, Corey, I am a bit of an outsider to the world of anime. Could you <laughs> give me, like, top three death metal friend that doesn't watch anime? <laughs> you know, what should he check out? Oh, I have yeah. tons of these. Yeah, nice little <laughs> primer right here. Perfect Blue. Okay. Why? Right. Why? Why? Like, like, Perfect like, blue I don't want just the list. Like, 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 convince me in, like, a few seconds. Okay, Perfect Blue is basically, it's not your average anime. It could have been done in live action. It wasn't. Okay. Um, I'd say the same for Paranoia Agent, which was a series. They just finished running it on Adult Swim. It's sort of like a, 
not necessarily a horror series, but it's like a psych- psychological anime. Okay. Really. That's the kind I'm really into, honestly. Okay. I mean, all that Dragon Ball stuff was cool when you're like uh, 15 or whatever. <laughs> I'm 15 but. still. I I know I know enough about I'm not that old. Shut I know up. enough about anime to know that it's it's a very broad uh, you know description of something. You know, there's there's many like subgenres I guess you could say within anime. It's like uh, saying yeah. you know it's basically like saying like comic books or metal. Like there's tons of different ways to go with it. Uh, and, uh, and number three, number three, um, Psychopaths. Psychopaths is one of the best series of the last right. twenty years. If you ask me, but mainly the first one, I uh, nickname it CSI Twenty Forty Nine. Okay, it's very specific. Like nickname. one of those shows, but it's animated, and um, people compare it to Minority Report. And the concept of it is really crazy. It's um, okay. if you're into like cyberpunk, Ghost in the Shell, stuff like that, uh, Blade Runner, that kind of thing. Check that out. Cool. All right, my you know one of my few uh, I'm, I'm going to expose myself for the anime people right right now. Anime, what, yeah, an, yeah, yeah. An, 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 anime, anime. <laughs> anime. What, but uh, but one of the few uh, movies that I am very familiar with, Vampire Hunter D from back in the day. You yeah. familiar with that? Yeah, that was a really good okay. one. And the sequel, I believe, there's a sequel, man. I that, saw that in the theater. Well, okay, flexing on Will. All right, so, excuse me. <laughs> no, that's on, awesome. I would I love have to. it on cassette. Yeah, yeah. No. He's, got, he's, he's got the Vampire Hunter just... D split seven inch with the Gothicles. Yeah, but that oh, Vampire God. demo though. That was yeah, sick. that's the real. If you have the sequel to Vampire Hunter D, that's rare. That's out of print. So <laughs> I allegedly may have it on VHS. I got I got to look in the basement, man. We got to look in the base, and there's like blue grape merchandising, Cannibal Corpse patches. There's all sorts of. Yeah, it, my, so excited. One day I'm gonna go to the basement and just eBay everything. And I'll call you from the yacht. Um, <laughs> there you go. But but all right. So so we asked you that, and now oh, um, let's take it there, guys. You guys know where I'm going. Uh, each of you, respectfully, uh, respectively, and respectfully, uh, give me <laughs> one older release, one newer release. Doesn't have to be metal. Could be metal. Um, just anything that you would recommend for the listeners and for us to check out. You want to go? Or I go. You, you can go, Corey. All right. My classic release. Molested. Blood drawn. Flexin. This guy's got it. He, 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 held it. he held it up to the camera. And this is... He, he blew my mind because this is a wonderful release. I wish I could flex and hold up my vinyl edition of it that oh. I own. There, oh. <laughs> I didn't know there was kind of flex. Shout out to the Crypt Records. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the Crypt Records, they put out a double vinyl... That is priced like a one vinyl, um, fairly, in my opinion. And it's got the original uh, mix from when it first came out and a remix by the main guy. Yeah, it's a remixed and remastered version by the main guy from the band who's in uh, Borknagar or whatever. Borknagar. Yeah. Um, What's this record? I missed it. It's it's an unfortunately named band, named Molested. Um, I've spoken about it, I think, once before on the podcast. Mm. They're from Norway, where perhaps the word didn't have the same connotation when they named the band. I don't know. Molested technically just means bothered. bothered. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, once you get past that, that's... Corey, I'll let you talk (laughs) about it. Get your head out of the gutturals, Will. I heard that back in the 90s. I thought it sounded like Reek of Putrefaction with way more riffs, and I was completely obsessed with it. Just reframed it for me. I was yep. looking for that. <laughs> I was looking for that everywhere, and it just happened to re-release it, and I got it. Um, the remastered version, um, it, the remastered version sounds pretty good, I think. Um, and 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a total poser because I prefer mm. the remastered version. Uh, the old version is great. I mean, but when I go to put it on, I generally put on the, the, the remastered version. Mm. What a great... Like it's you know I for a while um, I'm I'm coming out of it and getting into other stuff now but I was obsessed with that kind of like first wave Norwegian death metal when before all those bands turned black metal like the like Dark Throne yeah. Soulside Journey this molested so I need Soulside Journey on vinyl so bad oh yeah um oh dude yeah uh, uh, it's you, our you, favorites man you could get Earache Records I think has it but um uh, uh what what was oh A Turnus from Norway another great band that is not so far removed from that molested album man that's a brilliant choice man this guy i got to i got to uh buy you an anime or something next time i see you. <laughs> yeah one anime please one anime one, one i got to buy you one anime themed beer or something there's got to be anime craft beers now right somewhere i, I haven't seen one yet i'm surprised yeah right uh, what's going on all right but um all right, we. Ooh, this guy brought up that molested, and he held up the CD. Man, I'm, I'm like, all right. I don't like the whole like anime and molested so close in conversation. Let's move along. Oh, no, 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 no. He didn't bring up one of those slam hentai oh, no. bands. Yeah, Get out of here. No. we're talking about anime, not hentai. All right, I know oh, yeah. that much. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I know that. Much. I didn't mean to go lollycore. Corey, what's your new one? Corey, what's your new one? One spirit possession. Okay, now we're talking. Spirit Possession self-titled album, which I completely missed the pre-order for the vinyl of that, but oh, that's tied for number one of the year with Defeated Sanity for me. I can't stop listening to either one of those, wow. but that one particularly. Mm-hmm. This is great, like, Black Flash. Um, ton of reverb. Sounds kind of like, um, um, my God, what's her name? Negative Plane? Sounds kind of like that. Good band, Negative It's uh, Steve from Ulthar and okay. Pandascordian Necrogenesis. Okay. And you always got stuff. So. Yeah, I like the names you're dropping. Ulthar, too, another great band we so, talk about. Profound lore band. What? Oh, wow. Okay, man. Yeah, well, again, you know, yeah. I'm not... Dude, I, I barely keep up with, like, you know, what's going on with, with like, my family, let I, alone I, my labels. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I have no responsibility of yours t- tied yeah. to this. You're just saying. Yeah, dude. I check out... Pro- we talked about the new Caustic Wound on Profound Lore available now. You know what I'm saying, man? We, you know, <laughs> we drop our little, pro- our little things for everybody. Shout out to Bruni. No, that is cool because you mentioned you, you, you dropped the negative plane, which I haven't heard that name in a while. That was a sick band. I remember, and, and then uh, Steve from Ulthar, shout out to him. We've had Ulthar on the program. Um, Terrell, hit us. What's up? Oh, shoot. All right. This is rough, man. Um, <laughs> rough to so narrow for down. the old one, you're going to hate me. All right. I'm going to go with Lacathia Flame, Elvin Friss. Jesus. Um, these. He said molested. He said Lycathia Flame. Shut it. I got to shut the show down. (laughs) What the fuck are you guys doing to me? You guys are in my record. You guys are in my house in my record collection. That's why you got the fake Skype background. Okay, talk about Lycathia Flame. I'll stop. (laughs) I mean, you could tell we kind of like check stuff. I mean, our whole Thetis demo was we were joking that we were a Czech band. And that's because we love, you know, Appalling Spawn, Lycathia Flame, all the Czech, you know, ingrowing, stuff like that. This is an amazing Czech scene. Lycathia Flame specifically it's just kind of what i love about music um just duality and not necessarily in the prog or kind of generic way but like i hate to use the word again but juxtaposition you have like clean major chords next to guttural mm. cryptopsy blast not just like fast blast but like flow monier yes. tom carry level blast just- like a mess, crazy, messy. Yeah, you know, uh, so. like Athea, amazing bands. Um, something, so, something that people really need to go back and listen to for themselves. Hard to describe. Uh, and um, shout to uh, listener and supporter, death metal warrior Jesse Denton, who uh, shared on the Heavy Hole Podcast Facebook page a picture of his 
um, Lycathia Aflame, custom printed on Zazzle, I believe it was, uh, shower curtain. He has a Elven Ephraim, uh, Lycathia Flame mm. shower curtain. Huge. He showed a picture Whoa. of it. Yeah, it's just what you would yeah. picture. It's a shower curtain. There's, I, I think it's Zazzle is the website you can get stuff made on. <laughs> Hot. And, right. Yeah, that. I'm, I'm wow, already. Okay. <laughs> I sent them the cover of Disgorge Mexico's Forensic. They didn't. They didn't email <laughs> oh, me back. God. They didn't. E- I'm sorry, yeah. listeners. I, now that now you're, on gonna, wa- you're on the watch list. Now, everyone's gonna sorry. Google image yeah. that now, and I'm canceled. I'm sorry. Okay, shout to Antimo and Disgorge Mexico. No, I think we covered it already. So we've been canceled. We're all yeah, right. We're, we're in the clear. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're good. Um, <laughs> all right, we're on the way back. Yeah. All right, we're on the way back. All right. <laughs> I don't use real gore in my shit, all right? Um, unless I make the, the picture of myself in the backyard. But my goodness. Um, all right, so Jesus Christ. Like, Can't Gosh Be Aflame, Elvin Effer's beautiful album. Uh, what's the new one? Uh, the new one, obviously, Corey mentioned it already, but... Oh, I disappeared. Uh, it's supposed Here to be... It, it can't be this one. It can't be this one. Because everybody knows this one. Yeah, um, it's... It's too common that knowledge at this point. If you saw that, but uh, that's, yeah. That's oh, yeah, we can't really but see. It, it looks like you're holding up a window to a black hole. It's uh, just like all shiny and blurry in this true. In the Skype vision. It's pretty much how the album sounds. Dark jazz. But, uh, but the new Defeated Sanity, what's that called again? This is the sangu- Sanguinary Impetus. But okay. that's not my suggestion because everybody loves that one. Everybody's going to know about it. Oh, you're just yeah. flexing gonna... that you got the pre-order. Yeah. Okay. I, I get it. I got that too, yes. Terrell. We have records here also. Mine's in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Damn it, you guys have records? <laughs> no, but I'm going to go with Scafism, the four-way split. Mm. I'm not sure if Polo, I, I hope he didn't mention it, but it was the four-way split with Delusional Parasitosis, Echimosis, Dissevered and bleeding, and I promise that's the only Osis bands. That's there's only two Osis bands on the split. Okay, all right. If that's that's cool. All right. If, if there was three, I would have to edit this out. But no, shout to oh, all them. Yeah, people can name their band what they want. If you don't want to do it, if you want to be Osis, whatever, do what you want. Um, this is not ectomy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I got an ectomy band coming. Just watch out. But uh, so so what what um what do you like about that? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, just over-the-top brutality ridiculousness for me it, it sounds weird but like when a brutal death metal band kind of makes me smile and laugh it's it's perfect because okay. it's just taking it to that extreme level because delusional parasitosis when you, you hear that kick drum the 64 just what, what this guy's playing is just ridiculous and jamie suster's vocals inhuman it's like heinous killings just think of mm. something like that but like an upgraded version of the band and All then, right. of course, Echimosis, Polwak, one of the best drummers in the scene right now. Um, also, Siskirkel drummer. Um, but yeah, there's. it sounds weird. There's a lot of ping. There's a lot of blasts. But each band kind of does bring something different to the table. Um, and highly recommended. I kind of like short releases, so this really hit the fix for me. All right. Well, um... Uh, one other uh, brutal death metal band with a fairly short release at 31 minutes and 25 seconds that does make me laugh and cry tears of joy uh, at how good it is is uh, Thetis with your brand new album Shrines to Absurdity available now on Maggot Stomp Records um, on CD is there uh, is there any news is there anything you can divulge about cassette or vinyl issues or we're not going to touch that now I don't know no there are, so- de- there are delays on the, there's delays on the cassettes. Yeah, yeah. but um, 
I mean, the vinyl's supposed to come out in October still. Yeah. Pretty sure. So. Yeah, Megan stopped yep. trying their hardest in the current uh, climate with everything. I'm sure. Okay. Shout out to Megastop. Yeah, shout you know, yeah. shout out to Scott and Megastop Records. Listeners, go back and check out our episode yes. with him if they want. Um, but yeah, like as I said, Shrines to Absurdity is the new album out by Thetis on Megastop Records. Um, uh, before I ask you if there's anything else to add, any messages for fans of your band or listeners of the show, uh, Terrell, hot take. What's it like being in a band with Sal from Buckshot Facelift? <laughs> uh, wow. So... <laughs> if you remember how I joined the call, it was just a picture of Sal just doing something very uncomfortable to my hands. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that the, this picture says a million words. Sal is, is an awesome person, um, very creative individual, and yeah. he's so unique, and he tells it like it is. He, and he anointed your Sal hands. episode to play guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we're not going to talk about a Sal episode. Um but we okay. are going to talk about Thetis. Uh, thank you so much for your time, guys. I mean, you know, it, I, I, I hope uh, I, I didn't become a little unhinged tonight. I had a good time. I always enjoy talking to you guys. Uh, Terrell, you and me are in bands together. You know, so I tried to keep it professional. But it was great seeing you guys, at least on the uh, video, uh, for once lately. And talking to you guys, we appreciate your time. And any last messages for listeners of Thetis or listeners of the Heavy Hole podcast? Um. Thanks, uh, everyone that enjoys the album. It's been kind of overwhelming, the response to it. <laughs> and we're really grateful. Awesome. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Completely taken aback. Guys, be safe. Um, this year is crazy, but we'll get through it. And also, yeah. lis- listen to Sade Diamond Life. Oh, my God. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> 1984. I do once a week. Once a week. Like Casey Flame and Sade, this guy. All right. Oh. I, was, I was having trouble, man, with my old pick. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. People like to oh. do it, man. Yeah. Got yeah. me. Yeah, you got me right in the chest with that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I. I oh, all, right. all right. All right. We're going to leave it there, man. I love Sade so much. No, I, no, I love Sade more than you. I know. If she's listening, I love her more than everyone who's on this podcast. I'm going to get the camera out and record this behind the scenes fight. Yeah. I, I love wow. her. But, okay, if you, I'll take Bjork, then you take Sade. Soul, she's weird. Um, <laughs> shout out to Bjork and shout out to Thetis. Thank you so much, Corey and Terrell uh, from Thetis for joining us this evening. Shout out to the other members of Thetis. We wish you guys the best of luck. Like any of our guests and people we've been speaking to lately, we hope you can get back to uh, a productive state soon with all this madness going on in the world, man. Um, uh, we love you guys and uh, we'll be in touch, man. Thanks for having Thank us. You so much. Yep. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. Of course. Peace, guys, man. We'll be talking to you. One. <laughs> One. Now we can many, end the episode. Yeah, how many full lengths does status have? One. <laughs> now we can't do the recommendations. That's it. <laughs> Uh, let's get them guys out of here, man. Jesus. No, I'm just kidding, man. Good guys. Uh, Corey and Terrell from Thetis. Great talking to them. Uh, friends of mine from the local scene. Obviously, Terrell, a bandmate of mine and other projects I'm involved in. 
I haven't seen them in a while because of current events. Everybody's uh, staying indoors, man. Really great to have them on the show tonight. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. man. I uh, love talking to those dudes. Seeing them at shows, you know, that brings me back. Because every time I see Corey, it's at a show. And uh, Yeah, you know. yeah, it reminds you know, it was like I was saying, uh, you know, when after breath rehearsing at the rehearsal studio lately, it's, it's nice just to see a couple of people from other bands and stuff like that. We don't really, you know, you don't really see people from the local scene as much, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's great. At least we can uh, Skype with people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good um, to see their faces. And a uh, great record they just put out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for the, all the response that they're getting. Man. Two uh, faces I see around all the time getting sick of uh, you guys. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. So I hope you got a couple Same. of great records that just came out that you could recommend for me right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do I sense some sarcasm? Oh, uh, wow. Well, I love you guys. Come on. But, but seriously, what's going on in the world of music? All right. Uh, I'm bringing in uh, a record. It's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but uh, I know you guys are going to appreciate it. Um, I was scrolling down. You know, just uh, somebody's page of, of new albums coming out, you know, where they do little blurbs about it. And I picked this record strictly based off the artwork. Uh, fuck, absolutely check this artwork out. This is uh, New Jersey's Siege Column. Hmm. Uh, a two piece out of New Jersey. Their new record, Dark Side Legions, out on Nuclear War Now Productions. Uh, this is this band's second full length. And what. Uh, what a really tight, cool, like authentic, old school kind of worship band. Um, you would, you know, you'd hear this and you'd think this is some, you know, obscure, whatever, Portuguese meets Norway. Uh, you know, they only had one demo that got lost in a fire and then somebody found it and it was on Discogs for 800 bucks. But yeah. no, nah, this is a brand new band. Um, a real raw black and thrash kind of sound with these huge car- uh, carnivorous vocals uh, but this like quick cutting silky leads that kind of uh, cut through a little bit um, my my simple mind uh, likens this to you know the the punky speed of, of early venom with like the pummeling heaviness of, uh, of realms of chaos you know realm of chaos a uh, little bit more of that death crust kind of put in, and it's a it's a pretty unique kind of kind of deal, you know. Uh, they these two guys uh, from Jersey uh, is consisting of underground hero uh, J- Joe Avasario. If I'm saying that right, he's taking on guitar, vocals, and drums for this, and his partner Sean Slot Skull Crusher. Wow, uh, doing. Guitar, vocals, and bass. So that's his government name. That's yeah. That's his yeah. that's his proper name right, right there. Uh, and when you got Sean Slot on your team, you know things are getting real. Uh, these guys really commit to that that old sound. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. That kind of first first wave Nordic sound. And uh, well, the fir- the first wave wasn't known for being Nordic. Second wave was distinguished by being Nordic. Okay. Yeah. Get dude. Get Fair enough. Me. So uh, yeah. So. Um, I'm delving into this, and this is also inspired me to to dig deeper into into history, and uh, I love, I'm loving it. So Siege Column, man, get get fucking old and punky with it a little bit. You said it was surprisingly uh, outside of your comfort zone, surprisingly inside of my comfort That's, zone. This is why it, this is why we're here, teams. Yeah, this is great. I um, tagging you in right now. Yeah, I, uh, it's it's you know I, I peruse the nuclear war now uh, catalog from time to time online, 
I've ordered from them, uh, you know, quick service, good service and all that, no, no complaints. And I notice a lot of their releases are like, the, the description begins like, you know, 1983, some town in some, you know, in, in the former USSR com- country, you know, this band put out a rehearsal tape and it was lost in a flood. And now Nuclear War Now is putting out a double LP of it. Like, that's, that's, that's their go-to thing is they, they take the most obscure of the obscure of the obscure cult reissues. And when I saw you recommend this and I saw it was on Nuclear War Now, I was like, oh, what year and calamity situation in the 80s did this, you know, get rescued from? Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, it's a new band with a new album. 2020, this, yeah, yeah, second full length. And this. I mean, look at the grainy photocopy, the quality of the kind of sketchy artwork, uh, illustration, the logo. Uh, these guys are just doing everything within their power to represent that, like, uh, you know, teenage in the 80s satanic panic thrash metal uh, feel. It's, it's, this is great. I, I have no complaints about this. Uh, it's it's not it's not too corny or too Im- amateur or too whatever for me. I love it. I love where they're coming from. Um, there's I know there's a lot of people out here that are gonna like uh, look at the logo and be like, uh, you know, was was this even recorded by <laughs> the guy from Agoraphobic Nosebleed, you know, or whatever? Was this even you know was this even mastered by Colin Marston? I, you know, what's going on with this? You know, but but you know this is not this is just special. And old school and cult, and um, you got to be in the right mood for it, man. This is hundred percent. Come Halloween, I'm gonna be playing this shit right on. Shout out to the bass tone. I'm bringing in an apology. Um, <laughs> I, I've been very busy with work, and uh, for transparency's sake, we recorded two episodes in a row this week. So, Will, just like Justin, I'm going to bring something you like, which is an opportunity to talk about more things <laughs> music-related and about the underground. Uh, if you want me to talk, if you want me to recommend albums, I could do it all night. All right, yeah, man. Uh, and I, I picked one of my go-to's right now. Um, Tom, go take a nap. I know you've been working hard. I got this one. Thanks, man. Right now, I want to talk about the band Sanity's Dawn from Germany. A uh, long-running band dating back to uh, 1990, possibly even the early 80s. Um, their album uh, in particular, uh, Chop Copper, which came out on Shredded Records, if I'm not mistaken, which uh, is their second full-length um, actually, no, I'm lying. It's their, it was actually their fourth full length at the time, and it was the follow-up to Mangled and the Meat Grinder, which was more of their gore grind classic. But this Chop Copper album I want to recommend, um, it has maybe in the lyrics and the song titles and definitely in the guitar tone and, and the, the atmosphere, it has a gore grind thing going on. But in the vocals, uh, I feel like it's the vocals portray more of that anger and maybe more of that, that sound you expect from like a hardcore singer or a hardcore-influenced grindcore band. So this, to me, is more of a traditional grindcore album with a gore-grind uh, feel. 
uh, with that dirtiness in the guitars and such. But the, the vocal, and there's even pitch shifter parts and things, but they really don't do too much of the guttural vocals. It's more that angry, uh, hardcore-influenced grindcore uh, that, that, that you would find maybe more with like Napalm Death, Phobia, that sort of vocal. And this is an album that is, in my opinion, right up there with Napalm Death, Phobia, Extreme Noise Terror, uh, whoever you want to mention. This is just great grindcore. It's um, one of my all-time favorite grindcore releases from the late 90s uh, when gore grind and grindcore were kind of everywhere and had come of age and were, and were uh, blowing up. And um, another one of my favorite grindcore albums of all time that I have spoken about before on the show, Nyctophobic, uh War Criminal Views album which I incidentally just bought on vinyl from Nuclear War Now. You see how there's always a connection? Uh, that's a, that's another German band. This is just kind of, I don't know if there's like a German grindcore sound, but there's definitely a similarity. There's a intensity. Uh, they just pulled it off right, and this is a great album. It's my favorite Sanity's Dawn album, and it's the last full length they put out. They have put out a series of splits uh, over the years, um, and uh, an EP even in 2016, so they're still fairly relevant, still around, but you go back to this Chop Copper album, uh, it's a brilliant grindcore album, and you go back even before that to Mangled in the Meat Grinder, that's kind of like their gore grind classic album, so just wanted to bring the listeners up to date with Sanity's Dawn, and if you're looking for a really good, uh, more traditional grindcore album in the vein of your old Earache Records bands that also meets... Uh, your old school Polish gore grind like Squash Bowels and Dead Infection this is kind of right in the middle and it's just uh, it's pulled off well there's great performances great writing it's tight it's kind of everything you want in a uh, grindcore album so we'll keep it short and sweet just like this band is uh, Sanity's Dawn from Ger- Sanity's Dawn excuse me from Germany with their 2001 album Chop Copper Tom's got great taste in music. Uh, he's a busy man. He works very hard. And we're friends, me and Tom. He's a good friend of mine. So I agreed to uh, bring in two recommendations tonight. Uh, very hard task for me, who just loves to talk about death metal all day long, to do. Uh, so I brought you my older recommendation, my Sanity's Dawn Chop Copper. Now I'm bringing you something that's like fresh off of the plate. I don't know when this episode specifically is going to get uploaded, but this uh, single was uploaded uh, today. August 24th, 2020, by the band Innumerable Forms, uh, based out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. It's a two-song single with the songs Philosophical Collapse and Despotic Despotic Rule. We could edit that. Um, You know it. With the songs Philosophical Collapse and Despotic Rule. It's available on Bandcamp. The band uh, just dropped this two-song single... I guess uh, because it was supposed to be a release for an upcoming tour with Faceless Burial and Ossuary in Europe, but current events being what they are, uh, everybody's tour got canceled. So Innumerable Forms uh, from Boston, Massachusetts was nice enough to put this out for everybody on Bandcamp uh, today, and you can listen to it yourself. I really enjoyed this, man. I you know I perused some of the um, the newer bands, the demos, the EPs that are released, uh, you know, and I try to find something new and something interesting and. 
Uh, this really just clicked for me, man. It's cool. You got to give it a little time, and they kind of work it in there. And it's got a. At first, you're like, okay, it's a caveman death metal band. I get it. But then they they take you there. They take you somewhere else. They manage to do a lot of really beautiful atmosphere. Um, some kind of I don't want to use the shredding word, but there's definitely some some interesting harmonics and some some great. Uh, well-placed, tasteful uh, guitar soloing going on and lead guitar work. Uh, it's it's a band that kind of... I, f- I feel like if I'm going to use that buzzword, the caveman thing, the caveman death metal thing, which is cooler to me than OSDM, so I'll keep that. Um, they, this band kind of expands it and takes it outward into a place of atmospheric, uh, like forlorn, kind of mournful doom. And I couldn't help but be reminded a little bit not completely 100% mirror image, carbon copy or anything like that, but there was something about it that harkened back to uh, Scattered Remnants for me uh, in some of the more like uh, drawn-out, um, slower, melodic, epic parts. Maybe even your incantation, your immolation. Uh, you know, there's just this otherworldly, um, hellish atmosphere that these guys bring up. Uh, like, you know, like you're slowly descending into the flames and then they kind of bring it back down to earth with a more of a brutal, uh, traditional brutal death metal vibe. So I don't want to talk too long and talk for longer than this short two-song single is, but this is highly recommended. And, uh, you know, just trust I have no life and I spend plenty of time filtering out old-school death metal and caveman death metal uh, demos and EPs that come out. And I really like this one, so I had to bring it to the table. This is sweet. Really liking the writing here. A lot of uh, expressive guitar playing. Yeah, expressive, uh, not overdoing it, not trying to over-technify it or whatever, but expressive is the word. That's a good word. Okay, uh, Innumerable Forms with their uh, two-song Despotic Rule uh, single, I believe it is. Uh, that's um, available on their band camp, band from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm going to keep my eye on them. I'd love to hear a, 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 like a long, for, like a uh, full length by these guys. Maybe get it on a little 12-inch vinyl. You know, who knows? Yeah. Um, I, hope, I hope labels are paying attention, man, you know? Not, uh, you know? I'm not trying to point any fingers or call anybody out, but actually this two-song single itself would be brilliant on 7-inch vinyl. Uh, if any labels are, are are listening, this innumerable forms two song single deserves to be a seven inch. If you look at the artwork, even the artwork would kind of lend itself to that photocopied square that you that you associate with these old school seven inches. Sure. But again, um, uh, Uncle Buck's uh, record label not happening today, so we'll leave that up to fate. Uh, something I'm not going to leave up to fate is recommending the new Thetis album uh, for everybody out now on Maggot Stomp record, Records. Um, we had a great time talking to those guys. We thank Corey and Terrell for their time again. Uh, and I thank you guys. Well, I thank Justin uh, for recommending a, a nice album for me. Tom, I Just thank trying you. trying to do the best I can, yeah. For working hard 
uh, and being a respectable um, contributor to society the way you are. You're, you're hard the damn lights man. on. You know? Just trying yeah. to feed all the mouths. Paying, yeah. paying the bills. Yeah. He, Tom spotted me lunch today, so I really appreciate that. Tom yeah. is ready to feed the mouth from the Hyperdontia album cover if he has to. He's, <laughs> if he's I paying have the to, bills. I will. If you yeah. have to, it's yeah, all yeah, good. Yeah. If I have so, to, I will. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, seriously, man. Uh, great episode. Thanks to the Thetis guys. Uh, thanks to you guys. Um, and thanks to all of you listeners out there. Uh, and if you listeners want a little bit more of this content, you, you want a bonus episode every once in a while, Ooh. you want a, f- a funky little video, you want to know uh, maybe somebody's coming up uh, doing an interview and you want to shoot a question their way, check out Patreon. Check out Heavy Hole Podcast on Patreon. Uh, we have different incentives, different bonus things going on. And if you don't know how to get to Patreon, you can go to heavyholepodcast.com. Uh, go to our Patreon, go to our Facebook, our, our Twitter, whatever social media of choice you have. Uh, it's all available there. Uh, sticker packs are done. It's over. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who bought stickers. Yep. Hope you're sticking them on places that are uh, both appropriate and legal. If not, that's alleged and it's your business. Um, but we not, appreciate your support. Yeah, it's not our problem. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. We're yeah. not your dad or the government. Exactly. After they go, go out it. in the mail, it's your, your call. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we thank you for that. We're working very hard. We're having meetings behind closed doors. Oh, uh, many about the meetings. new merch. Dude, many meetings. Yeah, the things we're going to make are going to be wild. Um, we're still trying to get the, the sign-off on those condoms. No, wait. That was... That's one of my bands. That's not heavy. Yeah, different. Yeah, but we stay had, tuned. We're, uh, we're swamped with cotton samples. Uh, we're trying crazy. to find the best feel for for y'all out there. Uh, it's mm-hmm. getting gross yeah. in here. Um, I'm cutting myself off. No more beers. But uh, yeah, well, I don't know about I don't know about you, man. But I got I got to finish setting up. I'm going fishing tomorrow. So, uh, do you want to know uh, how many fish I'm probably going to catch tomorrow? Uh, the same amount they won't even let me back in the house with if I come home with it. One. 